Welcome. I'm so glad that you guys are here. If you're watching online, we are so glad that you have tuned in. Welcome home. I'm just going to jump right into this and ask y'all a question. How about that to wake you up? How many of you guys know that there is a war going on in the heavenlies? Raise your hand. There is an actual war going on in the heavenly realm. And I have three boys. I know, bless my heart. (laughs) They're 11, 8, and 3. And the way that I explain this war in the heavenlies, because, you know, it's kind of hard to comprehend. Um, I explain to them, they're all things boy, right? So I explain to them that it's like your favorite superhero, Okay, get your favorite superhero in your mind. I see a lot of nods. Even if you don't know anything about superheroes, you at least know Superman, right? So pick Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, your hero, versus their villain. Okay, so this is how I explain it to my boys that are small. So it's your superhero versus your villain, and it's this constant struggle, back and forth, back and forth. But we all know who always wins, right? It's your superhero. So this is not from Marvel. This is not from DC. This is really happening. This is the original good versus evil. So that's an illustration, but it's actually happening. It's real. And the Bible says there is a war on our soul. And that struggle is back and forth, back and forth. I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about battlegrounds, three of them today, and the first one um, being that there is a war on the mind. So let me backpedal just a second. I want to let you guys know that there are strategies that the enemy has against us, okay? Before we jump right into that first battle, battleground, let me tell you guys that, that, that the things that you struggle with are not just things randomly picked out of a hat and you wonder why you struggle with them. The enemy actually has strategies against you specifically and he gathers those strategies from our our thoughts and our desires and our weaknesses. So this first battleground I want to talk to you guys about is the war on the mind, okay? Can we all agree that man, our mind is a battlefield. And there's a war set up there. And Satan pries and preys on our internal struggles, our mental weaknesses, okay, our thoughts and our desires. And he gets in there and he strategically works on us, right? He sets up shop. He shows no mercy. He digs is what he does. And he works on personal things in your life, in your head, in your mind, your weaknesses. Two years ago, I was in a very different place. I had just suffered, I suffered a miscarriage. And it didn't happen at a restaurant. It didn't happen at a grocery store that I could just avoid and not go back to. It didn't happen somewhere where I could just forget about and I don't have to revisit that and I don't have to relive that in my mind. 
It actually happened at church while I was teaching the kids. And it was at a church that we were called to our assignment at the time. And I was the pastor's wife. So it wasn't like I just couldn't go back. I had to face that, right? Man, let me tell you, the enemy worked on me so bad during that season. Of course, I was up and down emotionally anyway. But God had physically healed me, praise the Lord, because it was very touch and go. Um, And the Lord completely healed me from that, physically. But emotionally, the enemy started working on my mind. And he said, you can't go back there. You can't go back. All they're going to see is that tragedy. They'll no longer see you. You can't get up and give a message to the youth. They won't see anything from the Lord. They're going to see what happened to you. And I mean, man, it worked on me. And I, I would go back to, to church and I'd, get, I'd have the nervous laughs and sweats and, and giggles and all the emotions and, and just try to power through it. But it wasn't until I completely surrendered to the Lord and realized that the enemy was holding me down. And I gave that to Jesus. And he completely healed me, not just physically, but emotionally. So then, I'm healed from that situational anxiety, right? Then the enemy says, don't you dare tell anybody about that. Don't you use that for anything. You're supposed to be very strong. You're a pastor's wife. You preach to the teens. And you're going to let people know that you're so weak, that you have had situational anxiety? You're a Christian. You're called. You're not supposed to have situational anxiety. And then I realized that that was not from the Lord, that was from the enemy. And I relinquished that once again to Jesus. And he used that story to help heal other people that were dealing with the same thing or similar situations. The enemy wanted to keep my mouth shut because he knew that God was going to get some glory out of that. And I'll continue to talk about it. And I'll continue to say, I had situational anxiety. And guess what? God healed me from it. He used it and he can use you too. And I'll continue to say that. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's exactly what I had to do. I had to recognize that that was not from the Lord. That was in the enemy speaking lies and whispering it into my ear. And I had to take captive those thoughts and I had to give it to Christ. The second battleground is the war on the physical I want to talk to you guys about. There's lots of battlegrounds. We're going to focus on three. The second one, the war on the physical. This is a big one, guys. Settle in. If we serve a big God, if we serve a very healing and a very loving and intentional good, good Father, If our Lord and Savior can heal at any time, then why am I still sick? Why is there illness? Why am I struggling? 
Why can I get, not get rid of this hardship, this ailment, this disability? And although I believe that we serve a healing God, amen, that I believe that he has three answers to that question. I believe that he says yes or no or not right now. And I believe that sometimes he chooses not to heal us because he's going to use that ailment to get glory. And that's his ultimate goal, is kingdom growth. How to further the kingdom. How to get glory. That maybe your illness is to reach and teach somebody else. I have a friend that I asked if I could tell this story about. She had a beautiful baby boy, and when he was five months old, he suffered a traumatic brain injury. He is seven years old now, and he has about the capacity of a five-month-old or a six-month-old. And she went through all, her and her husband went through all the deep valleys, the darkness, the depression, that crying out to God, why? Everything that you can think of as a parent They went through that, and they were way deep, deep down in the valley. Why, Lord, did you let this happen? Why aren't you healing my son? They went through all this. And until one time at a prayer service, the Lord just spoke to them clear as day, relinquish it to me, and I'll use it for my glory. So now they... They go around, they speak at churches, they speak at events, they have blogs, um, they talk to people one-on-one and have meetings, they also speak to large groups, they've started support groups, pages, they give all the glory to God, and they have helped countless families just like themselves. Because God spoke to their hearts very clearly, and he said, if you can turn this internal focus this internal question of why, this internal woe is me and I feel really sorry and down on myself, if I can take that and I can focus that externally and I can stop focusing on the why, me, and it's rough and I'm not going to say it's not, but if I can turn that and I can help somebody else in a similar situation, and I can turn that internal woe is me into external glory for God, it'll wreck you in the best way possible. And he'll get the glory, and lives will be changed, and the kingdom will be furthered. This third battleground, people. Okay, so I struggled with saying war on people, war with people, but I thought people and put a period at the end of it and y'all can fill in the blank. Because people are everywhere. Look at this room. We're people and we were born to be in relationship with other people. So we're all in relationships. Some of them are awesome and some of them make us cringe, but we have to be, right? There are some people that just don't quite bring out the Jesus in you. Could we all agree? You could think of them right now. You've probably got their little names in your mind. Bless them. There are some people that you will be pushing your buggy 
your Aldi cart. And you will see them in the grocery store and you will make the quickest U-turn you've ever made and you will go the other way. You will see their name come up on your phone and you'll go, nope. (laughs) And there are just those people, and some of them we can't avoid. There are just some of those people in our lives, right? It might be your coworker. It might be your dad. It might be your child. It might be fill in the blank. But we all have those people. And let me tell you something this morning. The enemy uses people to hold you captive. It's not the person. The enemy's using them as a tool to hold you down. And you having beef with them is no freedom on your part. Your U-turn with the cart solves nothing. They're not the problem. And if you think that they are, I ask you this morning to really search your heart and to lean into this next verse. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You're fill in the blank. Go ahead. Your struggle is not against them. But it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Your beef is not against the person that came to your mind. Your war is not with that coworker, that family member, that person that just gets under your skin, that just makes you so mad, that is just filling your blank. Your war is not with them. The enemy is simply using them as a tool. Maybe not even them. Maybe your mind as a tool to get you in a very different dark place to twist and turn. Well, I'm a Christian. I'm in this church house. I can't have any beef with anybody. Right. Keep telling yourself that. That's not who your war is with. Your war is, is with the enemy. And until we can shift that in our mind, and until we can get a different understanding of where that comes from, we will continue to be at war with people. The enemy will continue to hold us down and use that. About 10 years ago, me and my dad went through this thing. We didn't speak for a year. I had a little boy that he didn't get to see be born. And he didn't meet his grandson until he was a year old. Do you want to know why we didn't talk? Sin. Did you know that I don't remember why we stopped talking? And when God healed our relationship, when he restored, because that's what God does, when you surrender and give that to to Christ... When God restored that relationship that neither one of us remembered why we stopped talking, sin started it. But I recognized that that was from the enemy. And I surrendered that to God. And God restored and He healed that. So we went over all these battlegrounds, right? 
We've went over all these, these wars on our mind, on the physical, on people. Did you guys know that Paul, a wonderful servant of Christ, had an eyesight issue that he prayed for that would get healed and that God didn't heal it? He had a thorn in his side. You guys might not have a physical thorn in your side, but you can think of the thorn in your side right now. Did God choose not to heal that because he did not love Paul? Because Paul was not a servant of Christ? No. We know God had deep love for Paul. We know Paul was a wonderful servant of Christ. He had a plan and a purpose for Paul's life that went far beyond the discomfort that he endured. He had a plan and a purpose for Paul's life. Hear that. He has a plan and a purpose for your life whether it be discomfort or not. And if you'll turn that internal to the external, what can God do about it? So we've learned these three battlegrounds, so now I, I, I'm sure you're, you're wondering, what do we do about this? What do we do about this? The enemy's real, right? So is God. And God is bigger than any ailment, than any discomfort, than any thorn in your side. God is bigger. So what do, we, what do we do about this? We find total freedom in Jesus. Total freedom in Jesus. And you might look at me and go, easy for you to say, right? You're up there, you're you're called to preach. Your, your husband's a pastor. Easy for you to say. What a Sunday school Charlie answer. Anything in Sunday school you ask from the time anybody's this big, the answer's Jesus. Right? Guys, guess what? That's it. There's no tricks here. There's no under hidden agenda. There's no 12-step program you have to go to to get your answer. There's no seminary school that you have to go to to get your answer. It's Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What does that say? A little bit of your anxiety? Just what you can give them and muster up today? Nope. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares deeply for each and every one of you, each and every person watching online. He cares for you so deeply, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you will completely surrender to him, He will reveal that little by little, his perfect plan for your life. But it doesn't look like a plan that's bound up by the enemy. And did you know that the enemy only has the power that we give him? You say, no, 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 that can't be. Because I've went to church, fill in the blank. I've been saved 
fill in the blank. The enemy only has the power that we give him. Anything that we have not surrendered to Christ fully and completely, the enemy has power over that. So I would suggest to you today that you stop giving the enemy power over your mind. That you stop giving the enemy power over your finances, your life, your marriage, your estranged relationship, your body. Because the enemy only has the, the amount of power that we let him have. We need to recognize the enemy's strategies against us, and we need to submerge ourselves in Jesus. And that's it, friends. We got to rest in Christ because there's no other answer. We need to search our hearts right now and ask the Lord, what does the enemy have a hold of me with? Where's it at? Is it in my mind? Is it a physical ailment that I need to get rid of that attitude that I've got about it? Is it the beef with the person that it's not the person? Is it something else that I haven't mentioned but you know in your heart of hearts? So all you've got to do is you've got to think and meditate upon that. And it may not be a one and done deal. I'd love to say that it is. And it could be. But it might not be it might not be, okay, I'm going to think about this. I recognize the strategy. I'm going to give it to Christ good. Give it to Christ and don't pick it back up. But the enemy may find some other way to slip in to, to, to prey on your mind. So you have to constantly be in this searching of your heart. I pray every single day, search my heart, Lord. I have to. Because I can't do it by myself. I cannot do it by myself. I've tried. It stinks. Does it work? I can't do anything in my own power, in my own competence. I couldn't stand up here. I failed public speaking in college because I'd rather take a zero than stand in front of a group of my peers and speak. And guess what God called me to do? I cannot. But the Lord says, if you'll give me your weaknesses, I'll show my strength and I'll get glorified. Not you. I don't have the confidence to stand up here. The enemy came and spoke lies into my life last night. I couldn't go to sleep. It was midnight and I I thought, I'm going to text Pastor Kyle. I can't do it. I've got great excuses. I'm due in two and a half weeks. I'm too pregnant. My husband is a called pastor and he has my notes. And I will give him those notes and I will say, babe, I got a favor. And you know what? God didn't call him to preach this message. He could have got up here and stood up here and and, and spoke these notes and stood here and went over these notes. And he probably could have came up with a pretty good sermon. But God didn't call him to give this sermon. He called me to give this sermon. And I could not do it on my own accord. 
The Holy Spirit came upon me last night and bless his heart. I didn't ask for it, but thank the Lord. Somebody else was praying for me and he came upon my heart and he spoke and he said, no, you cannot do it. You cannot do it by yourself. But through the power of me and the the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do anything through Christ who strengthens you. And that's the only way that I could do it. I don't have confidence to stand here and preach to you guys. My confidence comes from the Lord. Because I've absolutely laid every single thing I can think of that the enemy had power over down at this altar. I did it 10 years ago and then I had to keep doing it. I had to keep doing it. I had to do it last night. Forgive me, Lord. How could I second guess you? But maybe through my weakness, maybe his strength is shown. Through the proclamation of his word, I believe it. So however you feel like you're supposed to respond today, I encourage you to do that, whatever that looks like. My surrender doesn't look like your surrender. I have to surrender different things than maybe what you have to surrender. But I would encourage you this morning to to search your heart and to say, what is it? If I'm hanging on to something, if I'm hanging on to something, surrender looks like this. Can you see anything in my hands? What you hold on to in your hands can be dangerous. When you get when 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 the when the cops say put your hands up, you know why? People hold dangerous things in their hands. They want to see, I don't have anything in my hands. So whatever you lay down, whatever you need to deal with on your own, whatever you need to sit down in your chair and turn around and use that as an altar, come up here grab somebody that you have beef with right here in this this congregation oh I go to church I don't have beef with people okay whoever you need to call right after this is over and say let's make amends get started working out our our differences whoever you need to call I'm going to just trust that that we've prayed hard enough for this sermon that we've prayed hard enough for your hearts before you got here, before you decided to come, before you decided to turn your computer on. And I'm going to trust that the Spirit's going to go because we've prayed it. And I'm going to trust that you're going to respond however the Holy Spirit tells you to respond right now to what I've said this morning. And I'm going to trust that you're right now sensing in your spirit that you've recognized the the strategies against you that the enemy has and the hold that the enemy has on you. Whatever it is, whatever it looks like, you can come down here and not tell one person what you're dealing with and you can give it to Christ or you can tell us all. It doesn't matter. But can I just tell you that if you hang on to what you're thinking of right now, that you're not going to go anywhere or get any better, that you can only find total freedom in Christ. And could I invite you guys to stand and worship freely and deal with whatever you need to deal with? Give it to Christ. Because when I say that is the only answer, that is the only answer.
That's it. 